Welcome back. Another year, another sweep. Maybe. We'll see in game four. Uh, the Nets lose this one by five. 102-97, a game that they, they should have won. No doubt about it. I mean, everything was laid out there to win that game. You know, James Harden gets sent to the locker room with probably like 15, 16 minutes left in the game. And it probably wasn't a flagrant two. It was probably a makeup call for what happened with Joel Embiid. It was a crazy game with the technicals, the ejections, the flagrants. And we'll go over that stuff. But the Nets had a five-point lead with like two minutes, 15 seconds to go. They don't close it out. They had a possession down three. Royce O'Neal inbounds the ball, throws it to the wrong team, and the game is over. And just like that, you're down 3-0. And... It should be 2-1 right now. There's no other way to say it. I mean, I still think the Sixers win the series, but it, it should be 2-1. That There's just no excuses. That You can't make excuses about, oh, they don't have enough time together like that. That's over with. There's no reason for any group of NBA players to, to blow that game. You had Joel Embiid playing with five fouls for half the fourth quarter, playing on one leg. You still lose the game. It's just it's inexcusable in every sense of the word. So... Just completely frustrating, and as I, I just tweeted this before, I said the amount of pain that the Nets have caused me and other loyal Nets fans the past 23 months should be illegal. I mean, it, it is so rough to root for this team. They have not won a playoff game since June 20, 21st or something, June 21st or 20th of 2021. It's been a long-ass time. And once again, they're on their verge of being swept two years in a row and three times in the past four years. So um, we'll see what happens Saturday. I really have no interest in watching, but I probably will anyway. Um, I did not watch one playoff game once back when the Nets played the Heat in 2014. I was like, they were down 3-0, so I was like, this is not worth watching. They actually won that game. But um, yeah, this this is over, of course. And maybe they rest in B next game. Maybe there's a chance they win, but regardless it's just uh it's ridiculous anyway we'll get into it lots to talk about leave a like subscribe all that stuff and let's get into it and that's one of the worst parts about this game you have a hobbled Embiid you have Harden who looked like he hurt himself at one point in this game and it's just like everything was going your way and you had a chance to make it 2-1 you were a couple minutes away and like it could have been 2-1 game four would have been very exciting you know, once again, Embiid is probably hurt or he might have been out, whatever. And you would have had a chance. But now it's now it's over. 3-0, 2-1 is a, a massive difference. I mean, no team's ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. And it ain't going to be this Nets team, I'll tell you that. They can play the rest of the series without Embiid, without Harden, probably without Maxi. Uh, the Nets are not winning this series. It's over. So, as I said, I mean, we'll start with what happened early on in the game. Of course, it was a big moment. Nick Claxton converts the alley-oop. And Embiid falls on the ground, which, by the way, I mean, the amount of times he's on the ground, I mean, he's playing the wrong sport. He might as well be a soccer player. It's insane how much that man throws himself on the ground. But that's another topic for another day. Anyway, so, you know, Claxon steps over him and, you know, he gets a little shot towards the nuts. Not exactly in the nuts, but towards the nuts by uh, Joel Embiid. Takes a foot to the groin. We'll call it that. So Claxon gets hit, falls to the ground as well. So they review it, and I'm thinking they're going to call a flagrant one. That that seems to make the most sense. So in a vacuum to me, I think that's a flagrant one. So I do think the call was right. Here's my problem. The Draymond Green thing where he gets suspended for an entire game, what 
Embiid did tonight was worse than what Draymond did, in my opinion. I don't even think it's comparable. Because at least with, um, you know, Draymond, he had his leg wrapped and, like, nowhere else to step. And, like, there's a reason for it. Yeah, he might have stepped on Sabonis with a bit more force than he needed to. But in this particular case, Embiid, other than being provoked by what Claxton did, had no reason to raise his foot and, and kick Claxton near the groin area. That was totally on him. So it's a flagrant one. And it pissed me off even more when James Harden got ejected because what Harden did was not even, like, close to what Embiid did. And it's like, okay, well, at least you threw out one of those guys, but I would much rather have Embiid out the game. So, you know, Harden does, like, a little punch on a step-back move, and it, it gets Royce O'Neal in the groin area. And I'm thinking, like, it might be a flagrant one. Then they say flagrant two, and that made no sense. I mean, the officiating, it was bad for both sides, I'll be honest, but I think the Nets got hosed in the first, like, three quarters. It was bad. Um, I wrote down some calls that were missed that I think probably could have changed this game. I mean, the Embiid flagrant one, that could have been a flagrant two. Um, Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley said the same thing. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that he should have been tossed from the game. But there was the Royce O'Neal loose ball foul on P.J. Tucker. And on that loose ball foul, quote-unquote, he did not even touch P.J. Tucker. Tucker dove for the ball and fell to the ground. So maybe from the ref's vantage point, it looked like he pushed him to the ground. But it was a completely clean play by Royce O'Neal, and it stopped the Nets break. It would have been two points easily. Royce would have dunked it the other way. So that's two points taken off the board. Then there was that play when Cam Thomas, who finally freaking played, and we'll get to Cam Thomas playing in the first half, and Joe freaking Harris playing in the third quarter later, which still pisses me off. But... Cam Thomas made a great play coming from the weak side defensively to swipe the ball away. The ball, not his hand, the ball away from Joel Embiid. And, of course, they call a foul. And they didn't show the replay on TNT, but I had the Yes Network broadcast on as well. They showed a great angle of Cam Thomas not even hitting any part of Embiid's hand, getting all ball. And the ball went right to Dinwiddie. He would have passed it up to Cam Thomas for an easy dunk. Another two points. That's four points off the board based on terrible calls. Um, there was the play, I think, in the third quarter where Mikel Bridges was going to his right. He was stripped by Maxi. The ball goes out of bounds. And then somehow the Sixers get possession. And it didn't even hit off Bridges' knee or anything like that. It was just hit out of bounds. And Sixers retain possession. Or not retain. They, they get possession somehow. So that's another missed call right there. Then there was the play... Where Embiid knocks, not, um, it was Claxton on Embiid. Claxton knocks the uh, ball towards half court. Claxton and Embiid are chasing it down. Embiid gives Claxton a shove with his forearm into like the first row, and you know Claxton ends up in the seats, and no foul is called, no loose ball foul is called. And there's none of it made sense. I mean, I I know that Embiid had the five fouls, and I think he got away with a couple. He probably had seven fouls tonight if you think about it, but. Yeah, there were missed calls in this game that definitely screwed the Nets over. I'm sure some calls were missed for Philly as well, but I just know those calls in particular just really screwed the Nets over in the first three quarters. I mean, maybe in the fourth quarter, things were a bit, you know, um, more favorable for the Nets, but I'm not going to forget what happened the first three quarters. The officiating was definitely not favoring Brooklyn in that time. So we'll go over the individual performances as we always do. DFS played 36 minutes. He was one of four, five rebounds, or nine rebounds, actually, one assist. Um, 
He made the 1-3. That 1-3 he missed, by the way, it was that crazy-ass possession where the ball went around the rim like three times and went out on a three-point attempt, and then Bridges got a steal, and I think it led to a Cam Johnson missed three. It was a wild possession. So, yeah, that was crazy. But, you know, DFS had some nice defensive possessions but didn't do much offensively, only three points. Cameron Johnson had a quiet 17. He was 6 of 12, 2 of 5 from 3. He had five rebounds, four assists. He continues to play very well in a contract year, so good for him. Played 44 minutes, by the way. Mikel Bridges played 43. He was 9 of 26, so not good efficiency there. Um, 4 of 7 from 3, that's better. 4 of 4 at the line, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, had 26 total. Nick Claxton was a plus 13. That led the team, and I really do believe if Claxton stayed in that game, he probably... The Nets probably win that game. I, I think Claxton was so pivotal in this game. He was playing so well. 28 minutes, 18 points, a plus 13 once again. Only four rebounds, two assists, one steal. Did not have a block. Was eight of nine shooting. He was so impactful. Two of three at the line. And I I understand why Claxton got thrown out, but it's it was such a soft call. I mean, he literally dunks, not, it wasn't a clean dunk, but he, he basically dunks over Embiid, and, you know, he's fired up, like, you know, these guys have been going at it, I mean, Embiid's definitely gotten the better of him, no doubt about it, and Claxton just looks at him and flexes a bit, not in his face, I mean, Embiid's probably seven, eight feet away from him, and he stares him down, does like a little flex, and of course gets a technical and didn't say a word by the way. It's not like it's not like Claxon, you know, dunked on him and cursed him out and flex. He just looked at him and did like a small little flex and the refs throw him out. And like I get it. You don't want things to boil over and turn into like a big brawl. Like they don't want that to happen, but like it, it's such a soft call for the playoffs and you know once again I do think Claxton getting out of this game and I think what was it the late or the early fourth quarter, late third, one or the other. Um that happening screwed them over, so that, that was rough to see. Um, but Claxton did play very well overall. Spencer Dinwiddie, 42 minutes, 5 of 12, 2 of 4 from 3. <sighs> I can't stand him anymore. I mean, it was the Spencer Dinwiddie reunion. Uh, it was cool at first, and like until the playoffs happened, I was fine with him. But these three games, I mean, he had his moments today. I don't want to make it sound like Dinwiddie was garbage today. Um, he was 8 of 10 at the line, did miss a big free throw late in this game. That could have cut it to a two-point game, but it stayed at three. But um, he's had way too many bad moments. I mean, even like with the game on the line, I think they were down two at that point. He decides to you know, kind of rush things and go for, a, um, go for a layup. He gets blocked by Embiid. And at that point, like, Give the ball to someone like Mikel Bridges. Like you should not be taking the last shot. You have shown nothing in this series to make us believe that you should be taking the last shot. And I was not a fan of that whatsoever. He rushed it. He gets blocked, and it was a clean block. I mean, of course, Dinwiddie was begging for a goal ten, but it was a clean block from what I saw. But uh, yeah, just I don't know. I was very disappointed. I said last video I expected much better from Dinwiddie. It was a bit better today, but still like. I don't know. I expected more, but had 20 points, so it wasn't the worst game from him, but uh, 
It's for the whole three games overall, and Dinwiddie has been really bad. Royce O'Neal was a minus 19. Worst on the team. He played 30 minutes, was 1 of 5 from 3, 2 of 7 overall, 6 rebounds, 1 assist. He had some good moments on Joel Embiid after the stupid Nick Claxton ejection. He was their center for a bit. He drew the charge, which got Embiid his fifth foul. I think he may have gotten him his fourth foul, too, on the same type of play. I forget. But, yeah, Royce O'Neal defensively had some moments there. I was like, all right, that was good. But offensively, just could not make the big shots. One of five from three. And he had some bricks. Some of those missed threes were bad. Like, oh, my God, they almost got, like, you know, caught between the rim and the backboard. Uh, the wedgie, as Ian Eagle calls it. So, yeah, Royce O'Neal was just, I don't know. And then, of course, that last pass he made on the inbound where – I don't know why he's inbounding the ball. Like, I would much rather trust, like, a Cam Johnson-type guy or, I don't know, even, like, a Dinwiddie or something. Like, I would rather trust somebody like that. I feel like Royce O'Neal is not the best guy to inbound the ball at that point, but is what it is. Joe Harris. Oh, Joe Harris, why? Um, He can't – like, I saw him at the scores table, and I'm like, do my eyes deceive me? Like, there is no way Joe Harris is coming in this game right now. And, like, they finally played Cam Thomas, and, like, he looked – okay he definitely was terrible the first two minutes but cam thomas started to settle in and looked a bit better and in the second half they don't go to him at all and joe harris uh, played four minutes was 0 of three from three they were all very good looks they would have been momentum shifting threes and as usual joseph harris comes up small in the playoffs every single time anytime you need that man to make a big shot in the playoffs he ain't giving it to you so i don't know why they continue to go back to him why they expect something different to happen it's not going to happen so joe went 0 of 3 from 3 he got his ankles broken but right before that they called the travel so it didn't count i mean joe harris is terrible i i'm sorry to say it i just don't want him anywhere near this team next year it it, it sucks he's damaged goods the botched ankle surgery you know, probably ruined his career, but the man can stand and shoot in the regular season, but anytime it gets down to the playoffs, he's useless, so I, there's no point in having Joe Harris here anymore. Dayron Sharp played two minutes, nothing to say there, he did have a pretty hard, it wasn't a foul, but it was a play where he kind of dragged Embiid to the ground, so that was like one of the maybe couple times Embiid fell, and it actually, you know, didn't make sense, um, and then Cam Thomas played 11 minutes, three of six, 0 of 2 from 3, he was a minus 9. And I, I didn't notice Cam Thomas was struggling defensively. Um, I don't think it cost him outside of, like, one play because I know that one play, Tobias Harris had him, like, near the right block, and he completely just went by him. He just bodied him, went through his chest, and it was an easy bucket for um, Tobias Harris. So, yeah, I mean, look, Cam Thomas gave you some spark offensively, made a really nice step back on James Harden, top of the key, but... I don't know. He was not adding anything defensively. I like him over Joe Harris by a mile. Like, I don't know why in that third quarter you couldn't put Cam Thomas over Joe Harris. I feel like Cam Thomas at least would have given you a better shot to make those threes. I know Joe Harris is a better three-point shooter than um, than Cam Thomas, but once again in the playoffs, it's a different story. So I, I don't know why they continue to go in that direction with Joe, but at this point, it doesn't matter. Season's over. Um... We'll look at the team stats. We'll look at the Sixers actually real quick and see who killed them tonight. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, hats off to him. He was so clutch, so good in the first half. Then he was like terrible in like the third quarter and then most of the fourth quarter, I feel like. Then like the last half of the fourth quarter, last couple minutes at least, he was just difference maker, making big shots. I think he scored 10 straight for Philly at one point. 
Maxi was awesome. So yeah, definitely a great game by him. Joel Embiid wasn't, you know, wasn't doing much. He was five of 13, 14 points, 10 rebounds. I mean, he did make some really nice passes, had two blocks, the, the huge block at the end, but they did a good job on him. And of course it led to some other guys getting open, but I thought for the most part, they did a very good job on Joel Embiid, probably their best game against him in the series. So he did have a double-double technically, but this is an MVP who shot 5 of 13 and only made four th- uh, free throws out of five. So yeah, it's it could have been a lot worse. Um, Harden played pretty well when he was in there, had 21 points. He had four assists as well, but Harden was definitely getting exposed defensively. I don't know why they did not attack him more and even Joel Embiid more because Once again, Embiid was clearly hobbled. There were times he was struggling to walk, and Harden had times where he was getting beat off the dribble by Dinwiddie and Mikel Bridges, and for some reason, the Nets were not attacking them enough. I don't know why they weren't going to that more, but they didn't, so it is what it is. You kind of chalk that one up to bad coaching, and we're kind of used to that by now. Um, Tobias Harris is continuing to make an impact. He had 15 points on 6 of 13. So, yeah, uh, Melton was 2 of 4 from 3, had 13 points. He actually had a plus 24. He led them with a plus 24. That's awesome. But he had a couple of big dunks, I think, too. So he was great for uh, for Philly. Team stats. Let's go see what happened here in the team stat department. Um, field goal percentage-wise, the Sixers only took three more shots, but they did make more. They made six more shots than Brooklyn. Sixers shot 48%. Nets shot 43%. Nets made 10 threes out of 30. Sixers made 13 threes out of 31. Um, free throws. The Nets actually made 10 more free throws. So that's pretty interesting. You have not seen that yet in the series. Um, this is the first time in the series the Nets have a better free throw percentage than the Sixers as well. Rebounding, another issue in this entire series. Philly out-rebounded Brooklyn by 12, had 11 offensive rebounds to Brooklyn's 8. The Nets had some nice offensive rebounds. I think DFS maybe had a couple, and I think Royce may have had one. But, yeah, we saw some good offensive rebounds. Um, What else? I mean, Brooklyn had 7 more assists, and it's it's crazy. I mean, Philly only had 15 assists. I mean, that's, that's not much at all. Uh, total turnovers, the Sixers had five more. Fast break points, the Nets had three more. Points in the paint, Sixers only had six more. I mean, it was a it was a close game, and, and they really should have won this. And I really, I'll admit at halftime, I was wrong. I thought this game was going to be over, like, for sure. Like, I thought Philly would come out the locker room and blow them out. I was not expecting a good Nets third quarter, but they gave it their all. And in the third quarter, they outscored them 35-18. to 18. I mean, it was a great third quarter. Then in the fourth, they completely shit the bed to no one's surprise. They get outscored 26 to 15 in the fourth quarter. So all the Nets had to do was play an average fourth quarter, and they would have won this game. And I'm sure a lot of that correlates with Claxton getting thrown out. And it is what it is. I think it's a soft call. Once again, it should not have been called by the refs, but we just got to deal with that. But yeah, I mean, it's just so annoying that this team could not close this game out. It's it's a shame, honestly. Like the, the crowd was super into it. Um, I was not expecting the crowd to be that much into it, but they were. You can definitely tell they were making a difference out there. And to have that five-point lead and to lose the game like that was just – it was stupid. Like, they just shot themselves in the foot over and over again. And between the Dinwiddie rushed layup that got blocked by Embiid and the missed inbound pass by Royce O'Neal, I mean, they just completely – 
once again, shot themselves in the foot when they shouldn't have. And this this game was, it should have been over. I mean, I'm trying to look at when the Nets were up five in this game. There was, I think, two minutes to go. Uh, they went up three here. Yeah, after, so it was the play when Mikel Bridges got the steal, went coast to coast, missed the layup, and then Royce O'Neal had that great tip back with um, two minutes, 15 seconds to go. And then Maxi comes down, makes a three, makes it a two-point game. Maxi makes a two, ties the game. I mean, yeah, the Nets just don't have a closer. I mean, there are times where Mikel Bridges has been a closer and has made some really nice shots towards the end of games, but they don't have a natural closer. We were lucky to have a Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant for a while. You know, both guys have made some clutch shots as Brooklyn Nets, but, you know, Dinwiddie had his moments in the past with the Nets, his first stint, but this time around, he has not really been that clutch. As I said, Mikel's had his moments, but... They just they don't have a natural closer. And Dinwiddie missing that free throw down 99 to 97, that was a killer as well. And, you know, Dinwiddie went for the fast layup next possession, got blocked, and that's pretty much the game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just it sucks. So I don't know what else to say about this team. They have caused us too much pain the past two years, but we are very much used to it at this point. Um, we'll probably react to game four whenever that ends. I'll probably watch that. I think it's a one o'clock game on Saturday, so at least it's early. Get that shit over with. I don't feel like watching this team anymore. I mean, I've been ready for the offseason for a while. Honestly, I think a lot of Nets fans have been. Um, ever since the trades happened, we kind of knew like, okay, they're not in this to win the championship anymore. Yeah, it's Saturday, one o'clock. So yeah, at least we'll get through this pretty quickly, hopefully. I think, you know... I guess for pride reasons, you would like to win a game and not get swept again. But um, a part of me, like, I think either outcome I'm fine with. Because, like, for pride reasons, you don't want to get swept again. But at the same time, I want this season over as soon as possible. So I should mention, Damian Lillard was courtside at this game. So I don't know why. Maybe, you know, he has said he's a fan of Mikel Bridges. I don't know if they have, like, some type of friendship or whatever it was. But pretty interesting. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... We'll talk about the uh, potential offseason moves, obviously. And personally, I'm not a big fan of the Nets getting Lillard. I think that contract in his late 30s is pretty dangerous to play with, especially for a guy who's been injured the past few years. But we'll touch on that stuff in the offseason. Anyway, that's going to do it. Very frustrating game. I was sitting here in disbelief, just like ripping my hair out, basically, because like, how do you lose that freaking game? But uh, yeah, I should not be surprised by now. But yeah. The basketball gods, they probably wanted us to win this game. The Nets said, nah, we're good. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. We'll talk after game four. And uh, it was a good season. Not really. <laughs>